Good afternoon. Hello, hello. Uh, my name is Noni, and um, I'm Denise's, um, not by choice, <laughs> but God-given rights, um, privilege, daughter. Yeah, so um, many months ago, there was this brunette and this blondie who came to my house and cornered me in my own house and told me that I'm going to be your speaker in this gala. And I told them that, do you know that I'm going to have a surgery, that the mouth will not be functional? So um, I had a huge surgery four months ago. And it was, um, it's all up here. It's, um, it's all bionic face, so don't get fooled. <laughs> so, um, and I said, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to be praying about it because I knew that I have a lineup of people who's been asking me to come to our church, come to our church. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. I'm just a mom. I'm a wife. I homeschool, for heaven's sake, and run a business and run my mouth over so I told them that I'm not going to be doing this unless, unless the Lord lead me. So today, he led me to the snow. So um, we'll be talking about Deborah and Joel. And it happened that these are the two women with different personality and different ages, which I see some silver foxes around the room and young faces. And I'm glad that there is a mix of this. But most especially, I want to encourage you of the calling that we have as moms, as wife, and the ministry that God had given us. So today, if you have a Bible with you, you can open it or read it at home. You can Google it, Bing it, okay, Wikipedia it about Jael and Deborah. So we'll be speaking, I will be speaking in the text of um, Judges chapter 4 and 5. So there was this woman named, um, actually, my text title is about Wonder Woman, the story of Wonder Woman, the wimpy boy, and Cena. So get that in line if you are a superheroes fan, fanatic. So let's talk about Wonder Woman first. So there is this name, Deborah. This is the history in time where... Um, she was called to be the first woman, the first few women to prophesy among the, judge, um, among the Israelites. She was one of the judges who were called from the time of Moses till the time of Joshua and the time that Ehud, one of the judges, died. She stood up as a woman. So this is not about being feminist. Yay! Like, you know, we're not feminists. It's not that. This is the message about who God uses. It's not about just women. It's not about just men. But also, as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, who we are in Christ that he calls, that he uses, uh, most importantly, 
that our God is the God who created male and female. So let's talk about Wonder Woman. So who is Wonder Woman? Um, Deborah. Deborah's name comes from the word, it means a bee. So if you see a bee, you know, whatever it is, it really suited, suited her. She's a prophetess. It first says she was a prophetess for Israelites. She's one of those leading women. She could have been, just like any other women, moving, cleaning houses, teaching children, but she's not. It is written that she prophesied, that she is one of those judges. She judges men. Like, come over here. What did you do? Right? But she's not like that. She goes to this place where they called the Palm of Deborah. Why, did she, why does she do that? Why can't she be in a judge's seat? But she chose to be under a tree. You want to know why? Because there's root under that tree that really, really goes deep. And she understands that if, he, if she could just humble herself, if she could just humble enough, if she could have just have that teachable heart in her, she will hear from the Lord. And in a moment of weakness of man, she stood up. See, you have, we have to understand that during this time, Deborah's reigning power as a judge was the witness of the Israelites' man. They couldn't fight. They are not, they are not, um, they are not um, trained to fight with sword because they are not allowed to have swords or weaponry. And they are so tired of running away. Imagine Barak coming, you know, when Deborah summoned. Deborah summoned Barak to come. Barak, come over. I got something to tell you. Daddy God told me something to tell you something. And Barak came, and, and Deborah said, she prophesied and judged over Barak. And he, she said this, Barak, the Lord said you're going to win. You got to win this battle. You got to gather 10,000 men. But Barak was like, do you understand what you're talking about, woman? There's 900 chariots. And there's like thousands of men for this sister's guy. And uh, what are you talking about? We don't have that kind of power to rise up against this enemy. So there's so much fear with this wimpy boy. And he, and he said, I ain't going. I'm going unless you are going with me. So she, he's just throwing tantrums over the things that the Lord already won victory for. The Lord was telling, telling him that you're going to win this fight. You're going to win this fight for me. I had enough of this running away. I have enough of this hiding from the enemies. You're my children. Don't you realize that? You're my children. You ain't no running away. I created all these things, and you're not hiding. So Deborah, as a leader among the Israelites, and Barak, who leads the army of the, the Israelites, if there is one, during that time, 
she rised up. She rose up and said, Barack, 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 listen. Have you ever listened to yourself? The Lord already said this. You're going to win this battle. But now, because you doubted, you never trust his word. He's going to give it to a woman. He's going to rise up a woman to kill this enemy for you, for his glory. So let's talk about Deborah right here. I'm just giving you the synopsis of what is going on. But our main topic today are the two women of God that he raises up for his redemption, for his um, consolation, for his glory. So Deborah, Deborah is a woman that like men themselves. She is not, um, I would say, based on our text, she is not a woman who wears pink. She is not a woman who wears dresses. She's a woman just like my grandma who wear pants all the time. She's a woman who have, who have the ability to ride on horses and run so fast and never go weary. She's a woman who have that attitude like when you tell her, I have a problem, this and that, she will answer you what you're going to do about it. What you gonna do about it? I do that all the time with my boys when they say, Mom, I can't, I have this problem with my book. What you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? She is that kind of woman that will not sit down unless there's a solution to a problem. She's a woman who listens to God. And how do I know that? She's a quiet woman. She doesn't speak unless there's wisdom. How do I know that? Because like other prophets, like other judges, she judges accordingly to what the Lord is saying. She will not go run amok and say, this is what you should do. When, you go to, when, you go, when we go to our friends and say, what do you think about this? La, 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 I have this problem about my husband. So what do you think about this? He doesn't put all his laundry in the laundry. I have to pick it up. She doesn't say, well, we got to teach him something. She doesn't say that. She would be the woman that will tell you, go to your husband. You got to deal with this with your husband. You got to talk to him about this. You got to deal with this accordingly, abundantly wisdom, with so much wisdom that you guys have to work it out. How do you love that? How do you love that to hear that? Like, um, he doesn't even do the dishes and throw all the dishes away. I would say that as a strong person or invest something on the paper plate. As a strong person, I would say that, but Deborah is not like that. She judges, she prophesies, she gives wisdom according to God's. She won't say anything. She will go to that place. She will go to that tree and pray about it. But she will not just spend time week after week praying about it. She will pray about it, talk to God about it, yap to God about it, and then she will rest for a few days. 
and listen. She is that kind of woman. She was brave. She was full of wisdom, trustworthy. She is in total reliance in God's words and his presence. She rules Israel under the tree in accordance of to, just to see the presence, just to have the glimpse of God, just to feel tangibly that even in the wind, she will feel her, um, his presence. She just doesn't sit down and say, where are you, God? No, she has that confidence in her that says, I know if I go to that tree, I know my Lord will meet me. I know that he will speak to me. But you know what? The only character that this woman is so precious about is that she have that teachable heart. I told this to the ladies last night, that no matter how much wisdom you have about the Bible, if you don't have a teachable heart, you will never, ever hear wisdom from God. And we got to stop yapping just to hear from the Lord. And you tell me that. I talk a lot, even my dream. No, you can ask my husband. The only time that they think I'm sick is when I'm quiet. <laughs> There's no way that I will be so sick enough because I try to get healthy. But somehow when I'm quiet, I'm sick in my house. Even my boys will say, Mom, are you okay? Yeah. Why are you so quiet? But this Deborah girl, our Wonder Woman, she's very quiet so she can hear. She can feel. Most importantly, she has a very good receiving heart. It doesn't matter how much, how much love you have in your heart unless you, you know how to be humble. And to be humble is to be teachable. And to be teachable is to be quiet. And I learned that the hard way. My mom told you guys that I'm her firecracker with a few bombs that dropped in my lifetime, which is true. I've learned so much from those bombs. I bomb away. <laughs> okay, and then it says that she lived in 1050,000 B.C. in the hill country of Ephraim between Ramah and Bethel. She was a prophetess of Nivea, a spokesperson, a transmitter for gods to, to others, the fifth judge of the period of Shaphat to judge or govern. Lapidot's wife is what she was called. But imagine where Lapidot is, like, oh, my wife is a prophet, you know. She hears from God. Maybe she could pray for you. Imagine how much love that she have in her own home, how much the husband can be so proud of her, but it was not written where our text is. It's just said there that she is Lapidot's wife. Imagine. Oh, Noni, that's Dave's wife. But it wasn't like that in my household, okay? Dave, Noni's husband. So it was that reverse. Because my husband is a very quiet man. But during this time, during this time, 
Deborah, I know that they are one of the leaders of, the, of Israel during that time. And I believe that Lapidot have a very, very significant work too. And I know that she, um, she really, um, she has so much respect for her husband. Because she's not just like, okay, putting a note on the table and say, gone with Barack, <laughs> fighting in the war, you're on your own for dinner. But she's not like that. I believe that every step of the way, Lapidot knows. Every time they lie down in bed and say, you know, how's your day, honey? How's your work? Well, I judge this person today, this Barack boy. But she was not like that. It was not written that way. We can think of how many times that we can think of that a woman is more stronger than men because they're leading. It's not. God is using this woman when the time in age where all the people, the men of Israel, are just so tired, just so tired, just so discouraged and depressed that they couldn't even eat. Oh, 20 years. This is 20 years bullying. Imagine 20 years being married in a very chaotic marriage under one roof. It was like that for Israel, being given to the Canaanite land, the land of milk and honey, that they were, they were told, go kill everybody, go cast everybody out of this land so you can inherit this land. And they did not. They sinned against the Lord after Ehud's, one of the judges. After that, they, they just let it go. They married in, just like me and they foreign. They married foreigners against the will of God. It's not because it's not good for them, but because they have different cultures. They wouldn't understand. And there's a lot of idolatry, adultery, crimes between these two. The Kenites, the Canaanites, the Moabites, whatever type there is. It's just so different. So by law, Mosaic law, they can't marry intercially. They have to marry an Israelite to, to have that family knit together. But it wasn't like that. So for 20 years, they have to go around the plains. They have to go find their way to have a business somewhere because they can't do it inside the Canaanite where the land of milk and honey flow. So they fear. They have so much fear. So these men, they were so discouraged. And so often, in our time now, it's no difference. Women rise up and think that we're stronger than men, but we're not. We are made by the image of God. How deep our thoughts about our husband is how deep we see God. If we see less of our husband, is the less of that gift given to you. So think about it. The Deborah loves her husband, but she loves the Lord more than ever because she knows that if God can handle this prophetess job, God will handle her home. 
because it's his promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is there anybody else have ever thought of it that um, when our husband comes home and it's a hard day of work and we'll say, you know, it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard. And then we are so tired and then we'll just burst it out and say, I have a hard day too, okay? You got to suck it up. You got to clean that dishes. Clean the bedrooms for the kids. We couldn't even say, go ahead, hon. Go lie down. I'll take care of this. I got this. I wonder, woman, you'll wonder what I do. (laughs) So that's it for this woman. She never goes away. She's always strong. But how old is she? She's of the age where she can give wisdom. She is that marinated woman, like a vintage woman. Someone that we can rely on. Someone like Proverbs 31. It doesn't mean that you are young, you cannot be Proverbs 31, just like Deborah and the other women. It's just that experience marinated. The farther you go, the more gray hair you get. There's wisdom. The Lord speaks to young women the same way that they will speak to older women. That's what I heard of. But most women of age have more experience than younger women that younger women cannot understand because we bing it, right? We Google it a lot. Pinterest. But I tell you, when you found a Deborah in your life, you take care of them. They give you wisdom. They can judge you accordingly. I love it. I love it when I'm around, surrounded by so many Debras in my life. I tell you, I won't even go to my young girlfriends. I don't. Because I don't want them to have a bitter taste of my husband or my children or my other friends. I try not to. Another thing, Debra is not a gossip girl. She doesn't read those magazines. She's full of wisdom. She doesn't live a chaotic life. She lived peacefully, but the only stress that she had are those, those boys. Barack. Right? So she is an Israelite. It says in the Bible that she is an Epimatist. Epimites. So during that time, you can only lead Israel if you are an Israelite. But there's a circumstances in here that God lead us to Jael. Okay? But let's finish with this. With, um, with um, Judges 4 and 5 speaks of her and her victory under, the, under her re- leadership among the Israelites. A very strong woman who stepped into this leadership by calling. It is not her choice. She would have been so happy just being a mom. But it's not written how many children that there is. It's omitted in the, in the text. So we don't know. But she is called the mother of Israel. And of course, she is one of those Wonder Woman that we think of. Okay, Deborah was a very, she is in a very high position. But she also in a position where she hears God. But she doesn't boast about it. And it's not what her position that we are to see, but whom she follows. Who does she follow? 
Does she follow God or does she follow man? And so often, as women that is wondering what God is doing, we so often follow our friends, our crowds, our gossip girls, right? Our friends that say prayer requests but end up in gossiping. But so often it's like that, right? But this woman is not like that. She is more of who she follows. I fear God, so, so I should. I should do this and do that and listen to him. To obey is better than any sacrifices, as our faith says. This is who Deborah is. To obey is better than any sacrifices. She doesn't go around and say, you know, that lapidot guy, my husband, do you know him? He's always gone. Doesn't help me around the house. She doesn't go around like that. But she is a quiet woman with a quiet spirit that hears from the Lord. I wonder how quiet she can be because I can't be quiet for an hour. I'll go crazy. That's just how it is for me. But see, even you're quiet or not, you can hear from God. By what? By having a teachable heart. And to know who you follow and to know who your God is. And to know what your identity is. It's not because we're women we can do like men. It's not like that. God didn't, God didn't put us as an image like that. He put us in a place where he can use us. Doesn't matter if you're a, a, a wife or a single woman. You can still have a calling on top of that being a woman or a wife or a mother. So if you think you can, then you can. This is who Deborah is. And she would have been more willing to be a stay-at-home mom, caring for her husband and her children, but along with their servants. But she chose to do the calling of God instead of like, uh-uh, God, I ain't no doing this. Uh-uh, can twist my arms and strike me with a lightning. It's not like that. She was called to do it. She obeyed right away. She was called to do it. She obeyed right away. Because she knows along the way, if she makes mistakes, she can fall onto God. She knows that the Lord will lead her to the right direction. So, so often we are called to a different route against the peers or crowds or fads that we are in. But how many times do we question God? As women, how many times have we doubted or quivered or shaken up? And how many times God will wait for us to be obedient to his calling? Just like, okay, I want you to go to Australia and learn from this hills or learn to play piano over there and just come back to Marquette and rock it all out. How many times will he say, Okay, I'm running out of time from you. I need your answer now, or I will give it to someone else. How long? How long, Lord? When, oh Lord? How many times will, I, will we ask him about that? 
So where was her husband? Her husband was also a leader of Israel. Among the Israelites' men, he is also tired. But she encourages him by prophesying to the leaders of Israel. So she has become that vitamin E for this man, the vitamin of encouraging, the exalting, the exceeding strength for him. So how many times can we do that? Can we? Can you? Can I? And so often, we are more of a discourager than an encouragement. So often, I, I raise my hand on that, like, oh, you suck it up. I'm also having this issue in the house, right? But because I have a great God, I realize that I should be that vitamin E for my husband. I should pray for myself to be that vitamin E for him. I should pray for him. I should pray for myself more abundantly that I can be that person that he would want to come home to. Okay? And then just hang on to all these um, questions that there is. But now let's go, with, go talk about our little Sina, the defender of the universe, the one who, whom God uses for the redemption of Israel. So Jael... Where did she leave? When did she leave? She lived in 1050 BC, 1000 BC. And where did she live? She is. She lives by the great tree in Zanaim near Kedesh. Wherever that is, it's in Kedesh. <laughs> so, what was her occupation? She was a wife. And who were her people? She's a Kenite. We don't know her ancestral background, because she is married to a Kenite, she is one of them. But it was not written in our text where she is really from. So her husband named Heber, the Kenite, Heber was a spy for King Habin. Because he, every time Heber will go away, he had this agenda. And the king and him have a good relationship. And the king knows what's going on with Israel because he kept sending Sisera wherever Israel, the Israelites, are growing. He just kept sending him there because Heber and Jael, they live among the Israelites in the middle of the Canaanite, um, the Canaanite um, place. It's not too far away, but it's not too close to the city. And she, she might have had this position in her life where they have this, you know, those group of people, this leadership in the army where they gather along like, how are we going to bully this Israel man? You know, they have this gathering of meeting that how are we going to do this to them? How are we going to terrorize this man? It happens in their tent. How do I know that? Because when Sisera needs a place of refuge and hospitality, he came to the wrong woman. But he came to a place where he knows where it is. Where he knows he thought he could be saved. But he was wrong. <laughs> Tell you later. So the Kenites 
was a clan where they are metal workers. So imagine, where are all these chariots and all the weaponry of, of um, Sisera, General Sisera came from. They all came from the Kenites. They all lived together, right? They must have trade because in the plains of the Canaanite, that's the, where it flows, the communication, the, commer the commercial business, they flow over there. So they have that in history among the Kenites and the Canaanites. They live, they live like that. You make me a sword, I will give you a grain. You make me a chariot, I'll give you a good wine. Okay? So they, they know each other. These Kenites and these Canaanites army, they know each other. That, um, when Caesar sought a sanctuary, you know, Jael may be like sweeping the, the ground around the town and say, oh, hello, Lord, my Lord. And it's like, ah, they're running after me. They're going to come over me. Could you please? Right? So he, she, during that time, among women, how many are watching Jael? Because they could notice him. It's in broad daylight. It didn't say that it was in the night of dawn or in the nick of dawn or whatever dawn there is. It didn't say how, how dark it is. But it says that she let him in. Come, my lord. Oh, welcome, sir. And then... This Jael woman must be a good, good housekeeper because she knows, she knows where to put this sister guy. She knows how to handle him. So she must have had children that run around, but she knows how to pick up. So this is the kind of woman Jael is. She must have collars in her hands. She doesn't look like a pink lady. She doesn't wear dresses. She's a tent builder. I'll tell you why. Because when, when Sisera came in the house, he said, could you give me a drink, please? I'm so thirsty. I've been running away from those guys. So imagine this big, huge man, because he's an army. He knows. He planned all the wars that there is. So we could say that he's a huge man. He handles things. He ordered things. Okay, you bully that guy and I will bully this guy. Right? She fights. He fights. I mean, he fights. She didn't. She was not a warrior. She doesn't know how to handle a sword. But I tell you what. She did a very barbaric murder or crime that no princess girl can ever do. He says, here's the milk, my lord. It's okay. He didn't say, what's in the milk? Jail. Would you like some milk? He didn't say that. She didn't say that. She just give it. Assuming that, assuming that he will drink it and fall asleep. So how many ladies are here that breastfeed their children? 
can raise your hands. There's no shame about it. I juggle it, two of them. So every time we breastfeed our children, they fall asleep. It's true, whatever it is that there is, right? You can milk a cow and give it to the kids. But this milk, it is a cuisine. It's a very good custard that they can only give so often for hospitality. They give it to people who are in noble, noble position, and it, they give it so that they say, I welcome you in my home. I welcome you in my place. So Jael had a chance when Sisera fell asleep. She covers him with a blanket, and there you go, this little Sina went around the tent, took one of the peg. I could do it quickly. I have to do it quickly. And he she took the hammer, and guess what? She murdered him. She must have been this kind of woman that says, enough is enough. I cannot handle this anymore. I have a lot of best ladies, Israelites ladies that I'm friends with. What are you going to do about it? You see all these women, all these women around Israel being in fear of not having a husband next time, or in fear that they can be raped at any time. See, what do we do when war comes into our tent as women? What are you going to do? During this time, these women were rising up because there are no men around them. In the weakness of men, God raises up Women that can defend their own household. It's not because men are so weak, but there is this source of strength coming from women when men are weak. We can always encourage our husband, our brothers, our sisters. Else way, is it bad in the sight of God? Is it? No. Because it is the only way that she can do it. And if she didn't do it, it will be disobedience, as Ms. Jar says last night. It will be a big disobedience without that calling. With that calling and without that calling. It will be. Because she will be accused of infidelity. She will be accused of being um, a traitor. But during that time, women are trained to survive, to fight, when men are not around. It's the same way with us. My husband travels a lot. And when big decision arise, arises, I have, I have to decide for myself and my children and my household. It's not because I disrespect him. It is because I want him to have that trust and confidence that I can do it as being one with him. Because there is no way that God will make the covenant of marriage with a separate lives being lived. 
There is one covenant in marriage, a husband and a wife, and a woman should submit to their husband. It's not for us to be a rag, but for us to understand what lordship means, what loving our Lord means, what giving our heart fully means. It is not because we're the weakest link, right? Imagine her husband coming home. Like, you know, this, this whole thing, this whole idea of her being nice to the Israelites and being nice to the Canaanites, being friends with the king, Habin. It's a house divided for Jael. Obviously, she's pro-Israelite. Because she killed. She murdered. She murdered. You know how it is it was written in the Bible for us to understand that the peg was in here. It went right through here. Imagine that. So barbaric. Isn't it? Imagine how Heber heard this. Like, oh, I better watch my step. Because she might ask, would you like some milk, honey? Would you want to come home? I have a milk prepared for you. Imagine how many pegs did he counted before he goes to bed. <laughs> Which one is missing? Right? But how many times? How many times we fought wars of women? Just as women. As my son says one time to his brother that, David, you can never ever marry a girl. And never ever marry a woman. And then David's like, I want to get married, Jonathan. Leave me alone. They're the most expensive species. <laughs> there is. They are the most complicated species. There is. So imagine as a husband coming home, like, oh, what are these people doing around my tent? Why are, they, why are they encamping around my tent looking like, oh, she really killed him. And how many women did raises their eyebrows through Jael? Imagine how much fear that she had after she killed this man. Like, oh, really, Jael, did you really kill this man? Oh, she's really a murderer. Don't go over there. She might give you a milk. Or, how many women will say, thank you, Jael. Praise God for you, Jael. Because Deborah, our wonder woman, she praises Jael that was written in the next chapter. Praise you, Jael, among women you killed our enemy. Whoop, whoop. Right? But imagine how much chaos is it among the, the husbands and the wives, like, I, if Yael can do it, I can do it too. Right? But how many courageous women will really fight when our war comes in front of our tent? How many women will say, I'm sick today, Lord. I am sick. Your will be done. Not mine. Your will be done. How many women 
our house divided, and we'll say, your will be done, Lord. Your will be done. How many women will fight for your, your marriages? How many women will fight for your friend? How many times do we question God of his calling in our lives? It doesn't mean that you're a mom. You cannot do other things. See, a few months ago in May, I was crying to the Lord, May 7th. And I said, oh, I'm just being a mom. I homeschool these two mogul boys. I clean house all day. I do this and I do that and I do this and then what am I doing for you? I wanna, I wanna be something that you can use me. And the next day, this is how the Lord answered me. A friend of mine texted me on Messenger and said, Noni, I have an offshore um, opportunity. Could you please call me 810, blah, 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 blah. His wife is like a sister to me. So I called him. He works for GM. And I called him. And he said, I need people. Well, how many people? What are we talking about people? Right? I need people from the Philippines to do editing for me for GM. And I would like you to be part of it. The Lord answered me right away. Right away, I obeyed. And now I handled so many men who edit, who edit pictures. And I gave opportunity to them. Opportunity of a lifetime that no one can, can give unless God moved it. Unless God provided it. Because I can't do it myself. I ain't no way that I will go work for GM. I already have so many things going on in my household. So from that business, I managed to hear the Lord says, okay, now I want you to use that money that you have from that to support older women. Buy them sewing machine and buy them stores. Give them opportunity of a lifetime that only comes from me. Not, not Noni, but God. So I bought two big stores for two um, disabled men and, and vendors for older women for the market. And my boss was like, couldn't understand it. He's like, can you even go? Do you want to go to the store and buy some shoes, Noni? Or dresses for yourself to reward yourself? No, the reward is from the Lord. My reward is already waiting there by just obe obeying. So how long? How long do we have to wait to hear from the Lord? Not long. The longest we think of, when will the Lord will answer my prayer, is the farther we will go away from his answer. Because the more we pray about it, the more doubts comes in. All these enemies of our mind will, will grow like weeds. We step out of our box. We pray for it today. We step out of box to tomorrow and pursue and let go and let God grow your seeds. Because if we wait and germinate more and more and more, it might kill your seeds of prayers. So this is what happened. 
between these two women. They got their calling. They, they obeyed right away. And every step of the way, the Lord will bless you. He will not let go of you. And if you make mistakes, you will learn from it. That it's not the Lord. You will get it. You will have it. But you know what? There is, there is a blessing when we hear it right away. But we can't hear it. We're yapping. I tried as a woman to go first to the Lord before I will go. I don't even come to my mom for prayers so much. But there are prayers that I needed to come and have an army. Father, your army, would you like some milk? <laughs> you know? But it's not like that. So let's wrap it up. What can we learn from these two women? What can we learn from these two women? God hears and answers the prayers of the penitent and delivers them out from their troubles. It's in Judges 4.3. And God chastens those who are disobedient, just like Barak. And that is in Judges 4, verse 9. See, God is not a respecter of persons. Women are as useful to him as men are. Younger generations are useful to him as much as the older generations are. And that is in Galatians 3.28. But what fruits of the Spirit can we see in them? It's in Colossians 3.23-24. Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as, reward, as a reward, it is the, the Lord Christ Jesus that you are serving. It's not man. It's not other women. You know when we have problems, we go to our friend. You know our friends, they're not even psychologists. They become psychologists right away. You know what I mean? Like they give advices already that you know, wait a minute, I just want an ear. I just want you to pray with me. You're not a psychologist to really know God or my mind. It's not bad to go to those kind of people. It's just that a reminder that the most thing that men needs from us or women needs from us is to know that we listen. But know that who you serve, just like Jael, she's pagan. And the Lord gave her victory over this, even though she's not an Israelite. So how many friends do we have that is not from our faith. I don't like babysitting other Christians. I always detach from a group. What you going to do about it? I always ask women that. And most times, we women, ha we have that sensitive thing in our hearts. <laughs> I can't deal with this anymore. Right? But you can. You can go to the Lord. <laughs> Know who you serve. Know who you praise. 
know who you worship. Because you know what? God will answer. Men won't. Women will yap at you. Sometimes they'll discourage instead of praising you. So how many are there that is praising Yael? Let's go, you know. There was Deborah. Deborah was her encourager. Deborah was her lifter. And we can be like Deborah. And we can be victorious like Jael. We don't have to be defeated because we have a king who already won victory for us. In this time of generation, if you don't know Jesus, I tell you now, you need Jesus right now. Because that's the only ties that we can have with God. That's the only time that we can hear from God is through his Holy Spirit. And the Lord will never abandon us or leave us. So my sisters, arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is near. Your beauty is ashes. It's just near you. So when they told me that I'm going to be teaching about repurpose, maybe you're a doll, very doll furniture in the corner. Maybe you should come to my mom and refurnish yourself. She taught me how to put makeup on, so you can come to my mom or learn. Or there are... (laughs) Don't come to my grandma. No, joke. She knows a whole lot. She knows a lot of painting and stuff. But we can learn to repurpose ourselves. I have those days where I'm so dull, like, oh, I only wear pajamas at times. I don't want to move. And then I rise up and said, arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is near. And then my husband will come, why are you so dull up? Like so pretty, pretty. Right? So there are two things in here that I brought with me. We can be a woman who will wear our mask all day and say we're just fine. We can be the Israelites' women during the L's time and say we're just fine. I'm fine. You don't have to tell me, (laughs) right? And hide our smile and our mask. But we can also, women of God, like a princess. This this actually from my wedding. My son will always tell me, Mom, are you really a princess? It was like two months ago. I posted on Facebook because I thought it was really funny. That my younger son, Jonathan, always say, so you're wearing, you're wearing your skirt today, mom? Yeah, because I'm trying to hide the blob, you know, <laughs> underneath the skirt. And then he will say, so are you going to wear your lipstick so you can be a full princess? So they started watching this little pony. Um, uh, I let them watch that. That's how bad of a mom I am. <laughs> so I let them watch The Little Pony. And they had all these crowns, right? Because they're princess, unicorn. We don't even know they existed, <laughs> right? So they put their crowns. So Jonathan, the following day, he said, so mom, 
are you really a princess? Do you have a crown? So I don't know if this God's being so mean to me that he gave me a crown on my wedding day. So I used this on my wedding day. Someone made this for me. It's very special. And I used it on my wedding day, and I put it in a box, my Pandora box. So I took it from my jewelry box um, cabinet, and I said, I do have a crown. And this little Jonathan's eye went so wide. So you are really a princess. Can you wear it? What? I'm going to wear it? Yeah. And then I will wear my, um, there's those nasty teeth from the dollar store that he worn all day for me. So I was a princess the whole day. And I, he was the, that scary little young man during the homeschool time. And the following day, he asked me to wear my crown again. You know how hard this is to get rid on your hair? I don't like wearing it. But you know what? No matter we like it or not, we're princes. No children have been ever born, no little girls were ever born, and say, I want to be a queen someday. I want to be a queen. I will meet my king someday. But no, our beauty shines like princes. Your beauty for ashes is for a king. You are a princess. Repurpose yourself today. Bring out and shine, for the glory of the Lord is near. Your beauty for ashes already risen from the dead a long, long time ago. So wear the crown, sister. For a day or two. And wiggle it. And really, really, really shine for him. Arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is near. Don't let your crown be tarnished. Don't let someone tarnish you with their words. Because the Lord exalted you. The Lord blessed you. Don't let anyone come near your marriage and tarnish it. As I have said so many times to so many women, I try not to be alone with any man other than my husband. Because I don't want to be tarnished. I don't want to do anything with the devil. I don't like gossiping. I don't welcome that to my house. I'm very blunt. I'm firecracker with a bomb. As my mom said, I could explode that mom when someone gossip in my own home. I don't like saying bad things about other women because I know I have the ability to raise someone up. I'm a princess. And so are you. No children of God, no, no children has ever been born to want to be a queen, we always wanted to be a princess. So my sisters in the Lord, I encourage you today. When the Lord put anything in front of us, we can be we can either physical, emotional, or in our health, our enemies, the enemies of our soul. 
physically, emotionally, or spiritually. He wants us to be like Deborah, to listen and obey right away. Or to be Jael, just like a warrior. He wants us to shine that beauty, just like what he put in Jael's tent. Like, come on in, my Lord. Would you like some milk? Right? He, she killed the enemy right away. Don't wait too long to kill your enemy. If you need a warrior around you, just like, just like Aaron to Moses that lift his hand up, find that Aaron for yourself. Find a Deborah for you. Obeying without any doubts of questions, all for him, all for his glory to sharpen us, encourage us, to let us know that he will do the work and he will just do, we will just do the cleanup for him. Just like Barak did. God killed the enemy and Barak just cleaned up. The Israelites didn't have to raise a sword. And that's what we should do. After all, God reminded us. In his word that to obey is better than any sacrifices, it is okay to be different. I'm loud. I'm different. All my friends were silent night, holy night. All is calm. I'm not. I'm not calm. I always run around and dance around my house. I'm so loud. I'm loud. I'm extremely loud. That God has even given me a husband who is so quiet, so I can understand what quietness means. And it's okay to be different. It is okay to not go with the flow and just swim the opposite way. Because so often that is how we can hear from God. But you don't have to change because of man. You can change because of him. Because of God, what is not okay is to be disobedient. Our deeper love for our Savior and God shows us how far we will go when it comes to obeying him. Have a great day.